It is 4 o'clock on April 8th, 2016, on Friday afternoon. I'm Kevin Williams. This is the LDS Live Podcast. Programming note for you, we are actually syndicated now through iTunes. Uh, By the time this podcast is up, you can do a search on iTunes and search LDS Live Podcast. Now, if it doesn't work right away, it's because I got the email from iTunes last night and uh, they said that it'll take about two days. So last night was Thursday, today's Friday. So I'm assuming probably by Saturday or Sunday you'll be able to do a search. Uh, in the meantime, though, check out our Facebook page at LDS Live Podcast. And yes, uh, starting next week, uh, sometime I will be getting a Twitter account. So we are growing. I have uh, Dr. DeVore on the line, uh, Dr. Greg, uh, Dr. Gregory DeVore. He is the maker of... Forever Mints, the mints that we all love. How are you, Dr. DeVore? Well, thank you. I'm fine, thanks. Oh, good. And uh, you've got quite a profile. I was looking on the Internet. You've developed uh, some applications. Uh, one of them, you've developed uh, this, uh, the chapter summaries of the Book of Mormon. Tell us a little bit about that real quick. <coughs> can I, I'll cough once in a while so you can block it out, I hope. Oh, that's okay. <coughs> Okay, I'm just getting over a cold, so. Oh, that um, happens. So when you, when you do the podcast, can you go in and edit? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll try to. I'm still learning this whole editing thing, but I'll give it I'll give it a shot. Okay, I'll, <clears throat> let me start again here. Uh, I develop I developed actually several programs for the iPhone and the iPad. One is uh, chapter summaries of the Book of Mormon. And what I was interested in, as one reads the Book of Mormon, because it is so, so many different stories interwoven with one with another, I decided to make a quick reference so that the individual who has an iPhone or an iPad can read the chapter summaries and then click and, of course, go right to the text. So it gives a quick overview of the big picture, so to speak, of the Book of Mormon. It's a free download, and it's been available now for uh, over a year. I have another program that's on the iPad called Harmony of the Gospels, which does uh, cost uh, uh, some money. But basically what it is, it's for the iPad, and you can read simultaneously uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and also LDS scriptures. It takes the chronology of Christ's life from the very uh, primordial existence to the, to the resurrection, and it just lists all of the events, and you can see and read um, the the scriptures simultaneously side by side and it's been very well received uh, we also have links to the church videos on his life and some other features that are quite nice you've also uh, been pretty involved in the medical community uh, you've invented an application for uh, premature uh, what is a hyperventilation pregnancy uh, you com- uh, made an application for those that are diabetic uh, tell us a little bit about that really quick <clears throat> Yes, what I've done is I have a number of, again, applications for the iPhone and the iPad for hypertension and pregnancy, uh, diabetes. Uh, I have one that doctors can learn how to read the fetal heart rate tracing during labor. Uh, That's been something that's been very useful for thousands of physicians throughout the world. So I became interested in creating these products when I decided one day that I wanted to learn how to do 
uh, iPad or iPhone applications. So I taught myself how to do this and uh, then created the programs and have been, they've been quite successful. Most of them uh, are at no charge. Some, some of them cost uh, a few dollars. But we've had literally thousands and thousands of downloads from throughout the world uh, from physicians and sometimes patients who want to learn more about uh, how to become, have a healthier pregnancy. Yeah, uh, you're also involved. Are you still involved with a company called Trice, T-R-I-C-E? Yes. <clears throat> Trice is a, yeah, I'm on the advisory uh, board. Trice is a company that has revolutionized uh, how we store ultrasound images. And what we can do, for example, uh, when I see patients on a daily basis, we take images of the, of the, of the fetus, of the, of the unborn baby. And we have the ability by pushing a button to send the images to their cell phone. So within 60 seconds or less, the time I push the button, the images are sent to the cloud and then come back to their phone and it's a free download for them. And it's really quite quite sophisticated. We also use this, for example, in communicating with other physicians. For example, a physician at any place in the world can create some images of an examination and they're concerned about what it may show, they can uh, upload it and then a consultant from any place in the world can look at it within minutes. So it has lots of advantages uh, this newer technology that tries to develop. I think there's a uh, multi-level marketing company out there that does something similar, isn't there? I, I heard about a company. Uh, <clears throat> I, I'm not aware of that. There may be uh, uh, companies that they're, they're doing there was one company that I was aware of. I don't recall the name that was providing images for patients, but they they had to take and uh, yeah. purchase some products, or it was a, it was a free it's a free service, but there were ads attached to it. Yeah, my understanding was uh, they would put a you could put a special camera. Let's say you had a sore throat, you could put the camera down in your throat or whatever, and it would upload images to a doctor somewhere, and it would come back and diagnose you right away and write a prescription and all oh. that. Oh. Well, that, that's new to me. I, I deal with pregnant women, so we're not um, yeah. looking at throats. Basically, <clears throat> but, uh, um, what you're saying, though, is you can go to a doctor's office, and they give you a, they give an ultrasound, and then that ultrasound is uh, sent to the patient's iPhone in about 60 seconds then. Well, well, that's that's well. What we do, we do that right now. I mean, the information is sent to the patient, mm-hmm. and we usually provide them pictures that they would be able to interpret to share with their family members. Yeah. For example, profile of the head, or a three-dimensional picture of, of the face, or other other parts that the, the family would enjoy seeing. Mm-hmm. Oh, very good, um, and. Um don't really want to talk politics right now, although I am very opinionated politically, but you did work on the uh, Physician's Advisory. Uh, you were a Physician's Advisory for uh, advisory policy for the Mitt Romney campaign. Yes, I was asked to be Chairman of Physician Policy for the campaign, and uh, I worked closely with uh, Mitt's brother-in-law, Jim Davies, who is an ophthalmologist. And uh, we work together in <clears throat> encouraging physicians to be involved. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were quite successful. And we, of course, were sorry that <clears throat> that we weren't successful in the ultimate uh, election. But uh, we had a great time uh, talking with physicians, uh, speaking to them around the country. 
as the campaign unfolded in 2012. I actually uh, want to ask you a question uh, because this may or may not sound strange to you. When I hear Mitt Romney's voice, there's something about it that tells me that he's very likable. Uh, what, what is he like in person? Oh, he is absolutely a first-class person. I know that the media tried to portray him as a stiff, and he was, you know, he was like a robot. <clears throat> Mitt is one of the most personable people you'll ever meet. Uh, he, he has an uncanny memory for people and names. Um, we traveled throughout on the campaign trailer in New Hampshire, Nevada, and other places during the campaign. And he was always very gracious. I mean, he stood in lines and shook hands and greeted people, of course, when he, when you would go to a reception. Uh, that's what that was one of the main things that people would do. They would they would meet with him mm-hmm. or speak with him for a moment. <clears throat> Very gracious. Uh, you can always tell the quality of a of a person when they are talking with you. If they look around the room, if they're looking right at you, then you know that they're not really concerned. They're just going through the commotion. But when they would uh, talk with somebody, he'd look them right in the eye, and uh, and you felt like you'd known him for years. So he really is, uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, he's a 12, as far as uh, the type of person that he is and his personality and his graciousness. Well, I don't know. Uh, I usually don't pay much attention to what the mainstream media says, so I never got the impression that he was stiff-necked. But um, anyway, I guess the media couldn't fool me. Let's talk about, though, Forever Mints. Um, What inspired you to create this? I read on a... LDS living that it was dating. Uh, were you dating someone, and you were inspired no. to create? This? <clears throat> Let me share with you what, how it happened. What happened? Yeah. The Forever Mints project actually began over 20 years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, what occurred was uh, I have two brothers, two younger brothers, and uh, my youngest brother and his best friend were at a camp out with the with their church groups talking about what could, what could they develop that would be unique and different. So they came up with an idea for long-lasting breath mints. And so the other uh, individual was a uh, pharmacist, had a PhD in pharmacology. And so they put together kind of an idea of how this could evolve. And then <clears throat> they came to me because I was the one that had the funds to fund it. So I funded the project. And my other brother was involved in the chemical industry. So he had connections with the companies that provided the ingredients. So we put the four of us together, and I was the person, again, that was funding the whole project. And we created a mint called Intimint, I-N-T-I-M-I-N-T. And <clears throat> That's the, a very appropriate name. Yeah, it was, very, it was a good name. Uh, but the trouble was, was that the main ingredient was under patent by a pharmaceutical company who charged us an arm and a leg to take an, and make the mints for us. And made, we made uh, the mints, we advertised on TV, and it was just as we were, it was unfolding, the company said, well, you know, we don't want to take a deal with you guys. You're just, you know, you're just making mints. And so they basically stopped uh, providing us with the ingredients. So it kind of fell apart. And, of course, I was left kind of holding the financial bag because there was a lot of money invested at that point. So we 
put it on the shelf and um, left it there. And we had our samples and uh, 10 years went by, 15 years went by. And then about four or five years ago, we always had in our mind the idea that we should take and resurrect the mint. It was a great product and nobody in the meantime had come up with a product that it came close to lasting two or three hours. So we put our heads together. We regrouped the uh, the two brothers and the, and the pharmacist. And again, I was involved with the, the forming the company, forming the LLC, and, and funding it. And so what we learned was that the the, the some of the essential ingredients now were no longer <clears throat> uh, under the control of one company. And there were several companies that made the, some of the ingredients that we need. So we started from scratch put back our, tried to reformulate our original formulation. There were a lot of tweaks because the pill we had before was, you know, three times the size and we wanted a smaller tablet that would last long and have a continuous flavor to it. We wanted to be sure that we didn't have any uh, thing in the mint that would cause tooth decay. That's why we, we used xylitol, which is an anti-plaque and anti-decay uh, sweetener. And we really worked at it for about a year, back and forth, making... Uh, prototypes, testing prototypes, you know, throwing prototypes out the door. And finally, the glue came together, so to speak, and we came up with our current product, Forevermint. And it's uh, it's unique. It's it's 100 times better than the first thing, first one that we made. Um, it has some unique properties, and people love it. Yeah, now... Uh... You advertised with uh, Glenn Beck, which we'll get into later. That's how I first heard about it. But you also advertised in uh, LDS Living. Um, have you thought about uh, getting, because I really think that these mints would be excellent to market to temple workers. Have you thought about getting into White Elegance, uh, the White Elegance store and things like that? Well, that's a very good question. It's, what's interesting are, <clears throat> for me, our journey as far as advertising was an interesting journey. Uh, so I'm going to answer the question in kind of a, a little bit longer answer. That's fine. The, reason, the, the, the way that we got into LDS Living was, remember I mentioned I developed a program called Harmony of the Gospels. Yep. And so the first, when it was released, I advertised in LDS Living had a full-page ad describing it. And we ran it uh, you know, in the springtime, or in the fall, no, it was springtime. And then the following summer, I got a phone call from LDS Living saying we had a, they had a spot available for a full-page ad because I interested in running uh, Harmony of the Gospels ad. I said, sure. And then as I thought about that, we said, wait a second, we have forever minutes. Let's develop an ad for that and see what happens because we had just been on the marketplace for maybe about six months. And so we ran a full-page ad. And this was back in 2014, the, correct? 2014. Yeah, okay. And, and the, uh, I mean, it was amazing. The People, start, it was like you put candy out for kids at Halloween. <clears throat> we had a huge uh, influx of orders. Uh, it was almost overwhelming. And we said, wait a second, this is an interesting market. Uh, we focused on, for example, the first ad talked about you know, bad breath for missionaries and for temple workers. And, you know, we, we kind of played the, the uh, we focused on the church environment, so to speak. And what was interesting was that we got phone calls from temple workers who said, this is the best thing that's ever happened. Because in the temple, 
the temple presence and the matron often will say to the workers, please uh, be aware of your breath because, you know, when you're up close, like you have to be in certain parts of the organs in the temple, if you have offensive breath, that can really be disconcerting for those who are, who are listening, so to speak. Yep. Um, and so we, we had lots of requests, and people in the temple were passing it out to their friends. And I even got a call from a dentist in the Northwest who said that he had seen patients who had dental caries in the particular parts of their mouth, and it was because they were sucking on mint. They were temple workers. And <clears throat> our mint, of course, has anti-plaque and anti-decay properties, so that if, if anything, what it does, it, it actually decreases your plaque. We've had reports from uh, customers who have used the mint for some time. They've gone to the dental appointment. The dentist has said, where's your plaque? We don't see plaque as much. I mean, what, what have you done differently? They said, we, well, we've been using these mints. Uh, I've had a similar experience with my dentist. Uh, they were they were stunned. They said, what, what happened to your plaque? So, well, I'm using these special mints. So um, it's been really a positive thing. And the temple workers uh, have used them and loved them. Uh, uh, and it's, it's a very popular item among those who are... Uh, who want to take and have fresh smelling breath and work in the temple. Wow. That, so uh, do you think that you'll sell to the uh, White Elegant store or Deseret Book? Well, I, <clears throat> I'm i not aware of the White El- Elegant store. Um, we that's if, uh, Certainly if that's an avenue to sell the mint through, we would certainly look into it. I, I wasn't aware that there was a store that did yeah, that. it's a uh, store that sells temple clothing uh, here in the Salt Lake area. Really? I will take and uh, I'll look at that. So, yeah, the, the, the people, hey, look, the, the, I uh, work with state presidents. Uh, I'm an executive secretary for an Area 70. Yes. And I, I have a number of uh, you know, compatriots who are state presidents and bishops who use the mint all the time because they're up close talking to people. Uh-huh. When did you, I know it was sometime in 2014. Now, uh, what year did, so that uh, we can keep chronological order, what year did you create the Gospel Harmonies application? Well, that was, that would have been 2013, 2014. Okay, around the same. Okay, around the same time that. Okay, um, so when did you and how did you get to be on the uh, on the blaze? The blaze. <clears throat> uh, we contacted the blaze, and they came up with a advertising uh, program that we um, looked into. And uh, we negotiated, a, you know, a time period where we would be advertising. I flew out to Texas and met Glenn Beck and his team and was interviewed by them. And <clears throat> in fact, if you were to take and do a search on the Internet, you'd actually see uh, part of the interview with uh, some of his uh, team talking about the Mint. And uh, <clears throat> we met Glenn the day that we filmed. It was interesting. I'd watched him on CNN as well as on Fox News. And of course, he seemed like a uh, very aggressive, uh, in a good way, aggressive uh, uh, individual. You know, had he had his, his thoughts and ideas, and was well articulated. Well articulated the issues. But when we met him in person after he got off air, 
he was as humble and 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 low key as you'd ever meet someone who thought, well, that that person just is like Pablo. I mean, he was just he was he was not uh, uh, bombastic, uh, very uh, a quiet, uh, gentle soul, so to speak. And obviously, has a passion for politics and for what's what's good for America. So it was very, very, very. It was a very inter- interesting uh, interaction. Here's how I uh, categorize uh, Glenn Beck. And by the way, I, I will let you in on some insight here because I am a broadcaster by trade. Um, in fact, I got my degree in broadcasting at Southern Utah University, which is why I'm glad to be doing this podcast. Um, but uh, a lot of times in radio, you develop a persona. Now, when I was on the air at uh, KSUU, Power 91 in Cedar City, I had the persona of chasing the ladies, and that became my persona on the air. Uh, In person, I was different, but everybody, I I remember doing a Mardi Gras commercial for uh, KSUU. I guess it was an underwritten spot, technically, because it was a college station, and they said, yeah, there'll be plenty of ladies at Mardi Gras. And then somebody made fun of me uh, with their underwriting spot and said, if you need a date, just say I'm desperate. It was kind of funny. But, well, you, yeah, you put on this persona, and then a lot of times you meet the broadcaster, and they're either really nice in person or they're jerks. Some of them are really nice <laughs> on there and jerks in person. It, it's a very interesting field. Um but, um, yeah, I, uh, that's how I first heard about your company was uh, on the Glenn Beck program. But as far as Glenn Beck, uh, would you agree with me that Glenn Beck is the modern-day Ezra Taft Benson? Oh, absolutely, I think. I think, <clears throat> now you look at, you know, Glenn Beck has, there's a, a video story of his life and his conversion. Mm-hmm. And when you <clears throat> listen to his story, uh, it's like someone who had been to the depths of hell and and kind of came back again. Yeah. Uh, you know, he had trouble with substance abuse and what have you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think he is a clear thinker. I I like what he says. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's right on the money. Uh, when he was on Fox News, I know that there were people who disagreed with his uh, his approach, but uh, I think he cares about America. And I think he cares about what happens to our country, and he is a, he's a clear thinker. Uh, so I have a lot of respect for what he's what he what he's done. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, that that's good and uh, fair enough. I have um, I like a lot of what Glenn Beck says. I don't agree with him on everything, but I I think Glenn Beck uh, is definitely reminds me a lot of Ezra Tapp Benson. Um, and I do want to get. I do want to talk about Glenn for a minute because I've listened to him a lot, and sometimes it's hard to tell whether he's active in church or not because he would say, "I wish the churches would do this, this, this," and our church isn't doing whatever he's like uh, getting uh, talking about liberty at the pulpit or, um, you know, talking about the government. I don't know if you're aware. There's a guy named Chuck Baldwin up in uh, Kalispell, Montana. And he is not under 501c3, so he can say what he wants to. And when I've heard his sermons, he really preaches liberty in the Constitution at the pulpit. 
And I've heard Glenn Beck say, yeah, I wish his churches would do that. And I sometimes wonder uh, just how active Glenn Beck is. You say that he's pretty active in the LDS religion. Well, from what I understand, I mean, I don't, <clears throat> I don't know him personally or what he does on the Sabbath, but yeah. uh, my understanding is he's, a, he's very active in his belief <clears throat> and his religion. I think I think the, the the key thing about the church that I I mean I'm a convert I wasn't raised in the church yeah, I, I want to get I, into that I, later in the podcast but carry on I, I yeah. want to get into that later but, but I think it's important <clears throat> there are people that I call free spirits in the sense that they embrace the gospel they embrace the teachings mm-hmm. yet they they have a perspective it is perhaps maybe more broad than someone who has not been on the outside who has come into the fold, so to speak. Uh, and it's not, we're not talking about, you know, gospel principles or the, or the theology, but a perspective on life, a perspective on others around them, uh, how the world may feel about uh, different issues. And, and constantly, I think Glenn uh, certainly does this, and others have done it, they try to take and wrap, wrap the gospel principles in a package. That people go, wait a second, that, those are really sound principles. Uh, how did you know Stephen Covey when he uh, made his millions doing what he was doing? A lot of that was gospel principles repackaged because there there, there are eternal truths in many of the things, of course, that we believe that have direct applicability to living and happiness and how people are successful in life. Yeah, I want to get back to uh, Forever Mints real quick, and then we'll talk about your conversion story. Um, um, do you think that these uh, Forever Mints are going to be competitive against other mints? Do you think you're going to really change the whole mint industry, or do you think you've just found your niche and it'll stay there? Well, <clears throat> we certainly hope that it uh, explodes. We're now looking at other avenues for advertising. We're looking at some <clears throat> some other companies that uh, look, for example, looking at Google. Uh, so we anticipate, see, what's interesting, our return rate, and we have a 90-day return policy. Yeah. If you don't like it, you can send it back for your money back. Our return rate is less than 2%. Now, that's pretty low for people who have, you know, who are buying products that can, they can return. It's usually a much, much higher rate of return. So we have a lot of satisfied customers, and <clears throat> when we when we know that, it's just a matter of getting it in front of people and having them try it. So that's you know it's like anything else. Anytime you market something, you have to have it in front of folks, and then there's a certain critical mass that when it happens, it takes off. Yeah. And, and since we're we're self-funded, meaning that I I funded the the, the business, we don't have investors. We don't have people that have put in millions of dollars that we have to take and try and recoup the money for. Mm-hmm. We can take this in a, in, a, in a very calculated step-by-step process and uh, not feel the pressures of having to do things that, you know, maybe would be irrational. Anytime you have investors in the corporation, they're always wanting a return on the dollar yesterday. Yep. But we're just, we're going about it very methodically. <clears throat> and um, that's how we're doing it. So we have no debt. And we, uh, we've, we're developing some new products as well. We have a new flavor coming out. We have, we're working on what's called an alert mint. 
help people who uh, are a little bit sleepy sometimes. And we're, we have some ingredients that uh, have been shown to be quite effective. And, and so that's something that will be coming down the road very soon. I hope it's more effective than Red Bull. By the way, I've never tried Red Bull for the record. Well, I'll tell you what, we, what we've what we done. This is interesting. <clears throat> um, in, the, in the mint that we have, one of the ingredients is caffeine. But if you look at caffeine, you look at Red Bull and look at some of these other power drinks, they have huge doses of caffeine, which overstimulate the system. If you look at studies that have been done on the effect of, it's like everything else, you know, too much, too much meat is harmful. Uh, too much pasta, you become, you know, you can gain too much weight. Too much in excess of anything is yeah. not good for you. So what we found in the studies that have been done, it's very interesting, they've done studies looking at the levels of caffeine that one can ingest and the effect on alertness. And studies have shown that if you have between 20 and 25 milligrams of caffeine, that triggers the, the alertness, so to speak, in the individual's you know, uh, mind, you're more alert, you're more aware of things. And so what we've done is we've, we're, the minute we've developed, we'll have a low level of caffeine compared to a power drink. Still accomplish the same effect of all of a sudden waking you up, making you more aware of your uh, surroundings, but you don't have the racing heart or the, you know, the heart, we call it tachycardia in medicine. And so we we drill down on the dose that will keep you alert, but not the dose that will be necessarily harmful by increasing your heart rate. So, you, so this is what we... Yeah, so basically what you're saying is Red Bull has a lot more caffeine in it. Oh, yeah. It, it's, it's like, I mean, you're, 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 you're killing the system with too much caffeine and people get that, uh, you know, that jolt, so to speak. And, and we feel that that jolt is not, help, not healthy. But what you really want to do is be more alert, especially older people. Sometimes they have a chance, you know, they, they tend to snooze off or doze off. And, and by having the mint in your mouth over two to three hours, uh, it slowly releases the low-dose caffeine and it helps people. Be, I mean, you can, you know, you can see it, it works well. So that's why one of the products we're, we're just finishing up our development with. We'll have it out probably in a few months. Yeah. And we have a... We have another one. It's, it's, it's cinnamon. Oh. Now, what's in, it's about cinnamon is our, the cinnamon mint that we have that we're, we're wrapping up as well. Um, tastes like dentine gum, but it's a nice. It's not really powerful in the sense that it overpowers you, but it kills garlic breath instantaneously. So, the way we tested is we had our spouses go to get eat Chinese food, come home reeking of garlic put the the the, um, the mint in, and within a minute, garlic breath is gone. It kills it. Wow. So those are some of the new things that we're working on. And this is a, this is a special mint with cinnamon in it, then. It's not a gum. It's yep. a cinnamon. Yes, it's a cinnamon-flavored mint. It's a, wow. See, everything, our mint always has the same base to it, which is the forever mint base. And we can change the flavor of it, like we have a ginger mint for those who like ginger. Uh, we have a mint that helps people lose weight because it suppresses their appetite. It's the same forever mint base, but we add an ingredient to that to help with that. And then we have the cinnamon flavor and then the, then the alert mint. 
Now, I have read on your website if you had uh, kidney problems to not take the mint that helps you lose weight because it has chromium in it or something, correct? Right. Here's what, here's what the issues are. It's very interesting. Uh, we have found our, our uh, suppressant contains 24 micrograms of chromium picolinate. Mm -hmm. The studies that have been done in, in which they've used this ingredient to try and have people lose weight have been between four to 600 to 1,000 micrograms per day. And in the studies that were done, a few patients had some issues with their, you know, with kidneys. So what we did, the concept was, we don't use suppressment as your appetite, excuse me, as your as your diet program. What we do do is the following: we know that most patients, or most people, I keep calling them patients. I'm used to from the doctor side of me. Most people who want to lose weight gain weight because they eat too much. And if you eat more than you than you uh, use as far as your caloric intake, um, eat, eat more calories than what you spend every day with exercise, then you're gonna you're gonna accumulate weight over time. And so the diet programs, there's many of them out there. They have different regimens they use. You have you know you've got Nutrisystem, you've got all kinds of Jenny Craig, etc. People usually fail. Why do they fail? They fail because they cheat. So what happens, <clears throat> your system delivers your food to your house, and you look at it, and you go, okay, that's what I'm going to eat today, and you have your little tiny breakfast, and you have your little, maybe a snack in between, and your lunch, and your snack, and your dinner, but people are so used to eating such large quantities, they cheat. And they say, well, this one, I'm not going to die, but this one, this one, this one hurts. And so what happens is they fail because they cheat. So what does suppressment do? Suppressment has just enough of the chromium piplinate in it that it suppresses your desire to eat between meals. Secondly, because the mint is in your mouth and it lasts for three hours, you feel that you have a nice peppermint-flavored taste to it. You, your, your needs of wanting to put something in your mouth are also uh, negated in the sense that you don't have that craving. So the people who have been successful have used our mint between meals so you have breakfast if you're on a diet and lunch, you put the men in, use it between lunch and dinner, and then after dinner, use the men. So three times a day. Because your total dosage of 70, what, uh, uh, 72 uh, micrograms of chromium is far under the doses that were used in the studies that I talked about. So, and we've had success. Our current ad teaches a, a, a young man, or actually an older man, he's now older, who lost 100 pounds. And his success was his diet plus the suppressment. So we, we, we advertise suppressment is there to help you be successful when you start a diet plan to lose weight. And it's the, it's the glue that kind of keeps you going. And it works well. I mean, I, I can tell you some other stories. But, uh, now, what do you recommend uh, for those that have kidney problems? Like my dad, he has kidney. What kind of mint would you recommend? Well, I, then what I would do then is certainly, I, you know, the, the forever mint by itself that will help provide uh, something in the mouth to take and, um, and taste and, and keep you from wanting to take and eat. That will also have some effect. 
So just I use the forevermint, which has nothing in there at all, that it would be at all considered to be harmful in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Well, I'm a big fan of your uh, mint, uh, mints, and I haven't ordered any lately just because financially I've been strapped. But when I have a lot of money, I'll order the mints. In fact, I uh, am a very generous giver to the mints because I really try to promote the product as much as I can because I'm a believer in it. Sometimes I'll put the uh, one thing I like about these mints is you have a little case um, I think there's two cases in each bottle, if I remember correctly. Yes. And, uh-huh. and they're, yeah, you, it looks like a little aspirin case or something. And you put the mints in there and you can put them in your pocket. And when you meet somebody, it's a great conversation starter to just say, have, and I like to put two breath mints in my mouth because it seems to balance out uh, my breath better. Um, I don't know what the standard is, but I like to have one on each side of my mouth. And I tell people about it. It's a great conversation starter. <laughs> well, <clears throat> two minutes, I guess, can always be better than one. Uh, we do have people. Uh, I have uh, uh, some friends who actually have used the two minutes, especially if they have a real heavy garlic mm-hmm. load, so to speak. But uh, see, the thing about the mint, which is so interesting, is that for the time you first put it in, you know, it turns into a soft gel goo-like sensation. People go, ooh, what? I don't want goo. Well, what it is, the, the moisture in your mouth, of course, uh, causes it to, to gel. Yeah. And the beauty of it is it lasts for more than two hours. It lasts for more than three hours, sometimes more than four hours. Cause it's just kind of yeah, sitting fact, there. Uh, if you're <laughs> sleeping, it can last up to eight hours. I've tried oh. that before. Yep. Yes, it lasts all night, and uh, people have awakened with fresh breath. Now, another group of people that have found it very helpful are those with dry mouth. As you're aware, there are many of our of the older our older population who are taking medication. Medication causes the mouth to be dry, and it causes bad breath. It causes irritation. It's just plain nasty. And people who are on CPAP machines, we've had customers who have written and said to us, <clears throat> the CPAP uh, dries my mouth out. I can't sleep at night. And, and uh, they put them in, in, no problem at all. They love it. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> well, yeah, I, I, uh, I hope you get to uh, advertise. Uh, I would think, too, now that I'm thinking about it, I would think uh, advertising on places like Laura Ingram and Sean Hannity and I know I'm going to get flack saying this particular name, uh, but bear with me. Alex Jones would be a very good place to advertise. Well, you know, the, again, what we have found, we go back to how do we use our resources. Mm-hmm. And so what we do is we have we've been in we've been in USA Today. We've advertised airline magazines. We found we found that the the best avenue is one person to person. You know, a friend tells a friend about the men. Say, look, I've got this great, uh, is what you should try it. Yeah. And then we have to we have to tell the story. Because when people look at a little tiny mint that's the size of a baby aspirin, yeah, they it say, is. do I do it? Do I suck on it? What do I do with this mint? How does it last three hours? So you have to teach them that you simply put it between your cheek and your gum. And that's, and that's the part that, that has to be understood. And once people get it, they go, oh, 
that's that's a, that's a no-brainer. So it's uh, that's 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 where the issues are. Well, actually, uh, the first time that I received a bottle, because I usually get uh, four bottles, and I, the, my first thought was, why didn't you go multi-level marketing? Because it seemed like something that I would see from a multi-level marketer. Did you ever get consider sure. going that route? <clears throat> We have we have had conversations with several multi-level marketing companies. Um, the the thing that's interesting, of course, the they all they have to function on a very low cost of goods scenario because they have such a markup, as you know, they they have a seven, eight, nine, ten markup for the price because the way they function mm-hmm. and <clears throat> our our ingredients for our mint. We have some very unique ingredients that uh, are not cheap. And so as you drill down on the cost of goods, now we, we have a program, <clears throat> we just came out, you know, for many, for a year and a half, we had an introductory cost of 1995 for all the products. And then, uh, then we had a buy three, get the fourth one free. Now we have gone to a preferred customer concept where the price went up it, it, we didn't go back up to uh, to our list price, which is still list price on Amazon. But those people who like their product, they can have a pretty hefty discount. Uh, if they go to our website or they call and they want to become a preferred customer. So we just introduced that about a month ago. So we're, we're really reducing the cost down quite a bit. For I have people. no idea if I'm a preferred customer or not because I haven't ordered <clears> it. You, you, you'd have to sign up. So what you do okay. is you go to... Uh, you go to the, you'd either call, uh, and if you were a customer and we had your email address, you would have received a letter from me a few weeks ago talking about a preferred customer program. And then you, you log, so you log in, uh, and you, and, you, and what we do is we, we make it easier for the customer. For example, you log in, you get your name, your address, your billing information, your credit card, et cetera. So when you go back next time to order, <clears throat> It's all there for you. You can see what your past orders have been. You can order, and, and then you get the, the discount, uh, which if you look if you look at the, the cost of the, say you buy three, three forever mints and you get the fourth one free, the average is out to be about, I think, about $18 a bottle, which is uh, much less than, than the list price. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we have, we have that program in place. We just started it. And we've had a lot of people who've been enthusiastic about it. Yeah, getting a lower price and having the ease of going in and not having to take an, enter in a bunch of data each time when they when they uh, order online. Okay, because I used to do the uh, I used to pay fifty nine dollars for three bottles and then get the fourth one free. Yeah, guess... your the cost the cost would be probably fifty nine probably in the sixties low seventies now for the same amount. Yeah, <laughs> but. Uh, and, and and what people have to understand, and this is, you know, when we did the introductory offer, mm-hmm. and we did it at a price because we wanted to get people involved using the product. Yeah. And of course, it, you know, we were we were cutting it so low that it was, uh, we barely made profit to take and keep on going. And that's bottom line. You tr- you know you, you have a lost leader for a long time to get customers involved, and uh, and we also found. <clears throat> that if you compare the equivalency of a bottle of Forever Mint 
and the duration with Tic Tacs or with um, Altoids. It's three or 4,000 tablets. And the cost of those tablets, if you're taking buy them in equivalency in time, it's like 180 bucks. So, I mean, just the idea, I mean, when you look at it that way, you go, wait a second. <clears throat> I'd have to spend that much money. And then you rock your teeth because of all the sugar that's involved. Want to learn a secret about a thumbtack? I actually uh, did this once. If you put a thumbtack between the gum and the cheek of your mouth, they do last about up to an hour. A thumb, a, a tic-tac or a thumbtack? A tic-tac. Tic-tac. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, um, we what we did is, now what the way we looked at that was we did a dissolution test yep. with a company in Utah and they put Tic Tac, Altoids, uh, Lifesavers, and our mint and, and they and they created the environment of your mouth the same pH as your mouth. Yeah. And they and they spun it around and spun it around. You know, the other products were gone within five to ten minutes. And our product, after after I don't know several hours, was still there. They turn off the machine. So we also know that the ingredients in some of these meds are harmful because they have sugars in. Them. Yeah. And and you put that in there, and pretty soon your teeth will rot out. Oh yeah. And whereas with our mints, the beauty of the of the xylitol is it kills the bacteria, that causes uh, bad breath, causes plaque, causes decay, and causes uh, you know uh, other other problems. Yeah. Let's talk about you uh, for a while because you have a very fascinating story. You're, a, like, like you said earlier, a convert to the church. Now, my understanding uh, from what I read is uh, you were, I guess you had some friends that were LDS. Where did you grow up at, by the way? Well, I grew up in the Bay Area in Northern California. Okay. And, um, what was interesting, this tells you the power of, of, of the church youth program. My friend came over on a Saturday evening and said to me, do you want to go to a church dance? I was, I think it was sophomore, junior in high school. I said, well, I've got nothing to do, I guess so. What do you have to do? So we'll just put on a nice shirt, take a shower, take a bath, you know, clean up, clean yourself up, and you come with me to the dance. <clears throat> so I went to the dance. I met some really nice Mormon girls. I said, boy, these, these, these young ladies are really nice and a lot of fun. I said to my friend, how do you get to meet them again? He said, oh, well, come to church with me. Uh, mm, okay, I, I guess I will. So the next Sunday, next morning, he took me to church. Well, guess what kind of a meeting it was? A fast and testimony meeting. And so... I'm sitting there listening, and I hear these people popping up about Joseph Smith, the Book of Mormon, the only true church. I said to my friend, I said, this is really interesting. I've never heard this before. So, well, he said, if you want to learn some more, I said, I have some friends that can kind of give you some more information. Okay, so I met with them following Sunday, these two young men from Idaho. They both had the first name of Elder. I said, tell me, I said, is Elder a common name in Idaho? That, both of you have the same first name. It's an unusual first name. They kind of laughed. I explained that was their title. You know. so, so anyway, they gave me the first discussion. The first discussion at the time was the Joseph Smith story, the Restoration. They said, well, if you knew this was true, would you join the church? I said, well, 
if it was true, you bet, because if God really appeared to Joseph Smith and told him the churches were wrong, it's a pretty important message, but I'm not sure it's so true. How do you know? So basically, they spent time teaching me the lessons, and then what I found out was my father had been baptized in Mormon, but after the age of 10, never stepped foot in church again. His mother had died when he was young, and his dad didn't like the Mormons. He was a group in Idaho. And so the parents were opposed to me joining the church. So about a year later, <clears throat> one day, uh, they finally acquiesced and called the missionaries, and, and I was baptized. And, and the funny part of it is, my mother now, who's 89 years old, last year we finally baptized her. She finally joined after all those years. So, uh, interesting story. The church uh, had, you know, it opened all kinds of opportunities for me. I went on a mission to France. And uh, when I came home from my mission, I decided to, uh, you know, become a doctor. And because of what happened in France during that time period and learning about myself, I had confidence that I could, you know, do well in school and be successful and become a doctor. And that's what happened. So I owe all of my my uh, success to having been uh, having joined the church and learning the principles. Now let's make something clear. Uh, you did not meet your wife at the steak dance the first night you went. I'm assuming, correct? No, no, I did not. Okay, I just wanted to make that clear. No, uh, <laughs> for the audience. But, but the uh, but again, and the thing that was interesting, <clears throat> uh, I in high school I was on the varsity basketball team and the baseball team, and so it was kind of unique to have, you know. Uh, one of the star athletes all of a sudden show up in your church and want to become a member. And my baseball coach was, was in, was an LDS, which I didn't know. And, uh, it was really funny. Our senior year, we were gathered together as a team before our first game. We actually went on and won the championship in Northern California for our baseball in our high school. So the coach looked at me, his name was Earl Thornock. He said, Greg, so I want you to give a prayer. All my friends looked at me like, huh, DeVore, what are you talking about? Give him a prayer. And of course, I'd been a member of the church now for six months and I had a little bit of practice. So I bowed my head and I gave him a prayer. People said, wow, would you learn how to pray like that? You know? Wow. But uh, it, it, was, it was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. You've had uh, several callings. You've been a bishop. Uh, you've been on the Snake High Council. You're, like you said, a secret executive secretary to uh, somebody in the Quorum of the Seventy in Southern California there. Uh, what's your favorite calling that you've had? Well, it's interesting. I, I, I think <clears throat> if you look at callings, I would say the following. I think, you know, when we look at how we call bishops and stake presidents and other members, other, you know, for various callings. If I could make a wish that every man could have one calling, I would say be a bishop for a week. And I'll tell you what. When I was called to be a bishop, the stake president came and issued a calling. It was really interesting. I had like a heaviness of spirit, kind of like a cloud of kind of on my shoulders. It was, and you couldn't shake it. You couldn't shake it. It was, it was there. It followed you around 24-7. So it's the most unusual experience I've ever had. 
I mean, you, you have glimpses of that, you know, when you're in a fasting testimony meeting and you're bearing your testimony, the Spirit's very strong, or, you know, other situations. But that calling as a bishop was pretty, was pretty, pretty amazing if you sit back and just analyze how you feel. And then when you're released, it disappears. There it goes. And I had experiences as a bishop and counseling people. But, uh, one time, this is really a funny story. When I was made bishop, they had divided the ward. I'd been on the high council, so I didn't know half the people that were coming into my ward. I'd been away from the ward for so long that I knew half the people that were still there. So I'm thrown into the situation having to call and organize basically a new ward. So I called my two counselors, and, and we I made, I made the decision. I would never call somebody to a job without having first gone on my knees and got confirmation that that was the job that they needed to do. So that's how I did it. That's how I did it. And I, so we went home and I prayed about two sisters. That we, they were both uh, elderly sisters. And I, the answer was no. This is not for them. So I came back to meet with my counselors and I said, the answer is no. We, we're not going to issue this calling. They said, well, we feel good about it. Well, what do you do? You're the bishop. They feel good. You don't feel good about it. You know, how are you going to solve that one? Well, what happened was I had confused the calling. I prayed about the wrong calling for the wrong sister. And once I had got it straightened out, there's no problem. But what's interesting, when I interviewed people for callings, you know, a lot of times people turn jobs down. Oh, bishop, I just can't do this. I'm too busy. In the, in the time that I was bishop, I had one person turn down a call. Why? Because I looked at him and I said, listen, I've done my homework and I've prayed about this and I can tell you that I have an affirmation. This is for you. I want you to go home, do the very same thing. Get on your knees and ask Heavenly Father, this is what I should be doing. Can you come back and talk to me? And when I did that, I did it the right way. and did what I was supposed to do. It was very interesting to see the response of the members in the ward and how they responded to calling. So that was that would be the thing I would say if every man could be a bishop fully, just to have that experience. It would be it would really solidify their uh, their testimonies. Yeah. Well, uh, I think you have a good story. Uh, what is your favorite part about being LDS? The favorite part about being, you know, I, it's interesting. I, I speak all over the world in my medical profession. Yeah. And I have given conferences in Asia and Europe and South America and, and in Australia, Canada, North America. And the thing that I like about it is that I've never apologized for who I am or what I believe. Um, and people know. They know I've got seven kids. They know that I was a Mormon that I'm a Mormon, uh, and it's just, you know, it's well understood. And I've never, ever had to take and worry about uh, being embarrassed about what I am or who I am or what I believe. And it's been an, an interesting journey because I've had uh, one, it's a very, when I was at Yale in my training, <clears throat> I had there were two, two residents who were African-American in our program. And at the time, they were critical. You know, the Mormons don't let us hold the priesthood and you discriminate. I said, no, if you don't, we just, I, I can't explain it, but this is, this is the position at the time. Well, the funny part was, I can still remember when President Kimball made the announcement. I was turning off the freeway in New Haven, Connecticut. 
And I went the next day to the, to the hospital. I said to my buddies, hey, guess what? You can now have the priesthood. When do you want to sign up? <laughs> what? Yeah, you have to pay 10%. You can't uh, you can't live an immoral life. You have to go to church on Sunday and be willing to take and do anything that that church asks you. So what do you want to sign up? Oh no no we don't want that's not for us. I said yeah but you were complaining last week that you couldn't be participants. Now you can. <laughs> <laughs> and, and anyway, it was pretty funny. But uh, do you find yourself? Yeah. Uh because you said that you have a lot of friends that are not LDS and LDS. Do you find yourself uh, closer to your LDS friends than non-LDS friends? Because I get that consensus sometimes. Well, it's interesting. Uh, I, w- I would say that some of my best friends are, are non-LDS. Yeah. I have friends that are Jewish. Uh, I mean, at one time in my career, there were three of us who worked together in a practice, a Jew, a Muslim, and a Mormon. And... And the Jew, the Jewish fellow was Orthodox. The Muslim was Orthodox in his religion, and I was Orthodox in mine. And we used to joke because we all had there were so many common values that we all shared. Yeah. And I said to them, I said, I said, look, guys, when we go, we die and we go to the other side. I said, I tell you what, my friend who's Jewish, his name is Larry. I said, Larry, if you come up to me and you give me, you know, your scripture. And put a yarmulke on my head, I'll pay attention to you. And Omar, you give me the Koran, and I have to take and get, you know, get a, a rug and, and pray a couple times a day, I'll pay attention to you. But if I get up there and I've got a book of Mormon for you guys, you better listen. So that's kind of how we have left it. Uh, that we, uh, we respect each other's religion and their values. And and support them in, in what they do. Um, and, you, you know, and, and at, at times we've had people throughout the years that have joined the church that completely fooled you. you know, they were never joined. So it's just, you know, it's just, uh, it's humanity. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of good people out there. Now, uh, you know, I, I've uh, been outside of Utah. I've uh, lived in Louisiana for a while. And maybe you felt like this, maybe not. I felt like uh, sometimes people would scrutinize me a lot for being LDS. And um, at the time, I wasn't very active in the LDS church in Louisiana. So I never felt like I was scrutinized. But I always got the impression that those that were LDS in Louisiana around me seemed to be more under the radar or... uh, I shouldn't say, but monitored more. Have you found that uh, as you've traveled throughout the world? <clears throat> well, I think what happens is that, you know, we don't wear a religion on our sleeve, but our standards are well understood by men. Mm-hmm. I mean, the classic example was Mitt Romney. Uh, people knew that what he was supposed to stand for. And as Latter-day Saints, when people know you're Latter-day Saints, they know you, you don't drink coffee, you don't drink alcohol, and you do have certain standards that you are supposed to adhere to. Um, <clears throat> I think people are disappointed if someone espouses that they're quote unquote LDS, and yet they they live a different standard. People are disappointed because I think that they ask the question, "Well, if you espouse it, why don't you live up to it?" 
because, you know, someone says, look, I'm, I'm a dirty, rotten scoundrel. Okay, if that's how your lifestyle is, then you're a dirty, rotten scoundrel. But nobody likes hypocrisy. And nobody likes, you know, people who say one thing but do something else. I mean, that's obvious with our whole political system right now with the disappointment that people have. Um, and I think that, you know, and what's interesting, you can walk into a room, they can spot an active member of the church. They've got a certain countenance about them, a certain look about them. Uh, I have patients come in that I don't know the LDS to. I, you know, I do talk to them. I, I figured it out. And you can see. I mean, there's a, there's a real difference. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it's been a great interview. Uh, is there anything else that uh, you want to cover? Anything else I've missed? Well, I think you've done a very interesting interview. I appreciate the opportunity to take and talk to you. And uh, just uh, to the people, if they're interested in the men, understand. Here's the, here's, I'll say I'll close on one more thing that's really interesting. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I, I'll tell you a story. Um, in my working in my current church calling, um, I can't tell you who it was because it's not appropriate, but I'll tell you the story behind the story. So we, we were hosting uh, general authorities, senior general authorities, and uh, on this particular trip, the, the sister or the wife of, of the two general authorities, they, were, they came with their husbands. And one of the sisters was in the, in the restroom after we had had dinner because we, when we had dinner, we had it with steak presents. Visiting authorities, she was in the bathroom and she said to the other sisters, "I've got this great mint." It's so good. It's called suppressment. It's really helped me to keep, you know, and maintain my weight. And so she passed out to two other sisters. And one of them said, uh, do you want to meet the president of the company? Yeah. Who's that? The guy who's been driving us around for three days. <laughs> so she came out. Of the, of the bathroom, the two sisters, three sisters, and they, they grabbed me in the hallways. Oh, these are the best. I am so happy to have, to use these nests. They went on and on and on and on. It was really fun. And, uh, and there, there she was, you know, telling her, her other sisters about this wonderful men she discovered. The guy had been driving around, picking them up at the airport, and making sure things were, were looking like they were supposed to. <laughs> it was me. That's hilarious. That was, that was a funny story. It's a great story. <laughs> Yeah, so if people anyway. can find you, uh, I'll put this in the show notes. Go to uh, forevermint.com, and you'll be glad you did. I've ordered several mints uh, bottles from you folks and have not regretted it at all. Well, take and go go there and become a preferred customer, and you'll get, and you'll get a very nice, healthy discount. All right. Well, um, again, I want to thank you very much for... Uh, being on the podcast okay well thank you so much i appreciate it yep okay we're done recording i'll try and edit out the coughs i'm not sure how successful i'll be because i'm still learning <clears throat> well, this but oh what's that i said i only coughed a couple times thank yeah. i just um yeah I, th- I think we did a pretty good job there i hope i did okay with you there no, it's good. It was, it was a nice, personal interview. Okay. Have now, tell me your <clears throat> how your audience you have. Um, tell me how how you do. You put it up there, and how many followers do you have listening to what you're talking about? What is 
what's the uh... um i haven't checked the statistics this is about uh, let's see i think you're my fourth or fifth podcast Mm -hmm. Um, So I need to check the statistics. I need to figure that out. I'm going through a podcast provider called Blueberry. I don't know if you've heard of them, but it's a fairly new uh, podcast provider. And I need to figure out how to look at the statistics. Now that I'm on, uh, now that I'll be on iTunes, Mm -hmm. um, I'll really have to start paying attention to that because uh, my goal I actually tried to get you on the Cultural Hall with Richie T. I don't know if you've heard of that podcast. The Cultural Hall. I don't know. No, I don't. don't know, I don't know that. It's uh, it's called the Cultural Hall Podcast dot com, and uh, tried to get you on to his show, but I emailed a suggestion, but I don't think he's taken it. You obviously haven't gotten a call. They have a huge following. Mm. I'm trying. The reason I started my podcast, part of it, is because uh, Richie T has never had certain people I want on a podcast, so that's one of the reasons I started my podcast, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm trying to, right now I just live on uh, Social Security, trying to get uh, into college, but I'm actually, one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast is under the direction of a friend of mine. Uh, who thought I would be pretty good at it. So I'm trying to grow an audience right now. But uh, I don't, have you been to the website, LDSLifePodcast.com? Let me, let me look at it in a second. <clears throat> LDS Life Life? LDS Life? L, uh, L-A- LDS and then L-I-F-E, then podcast.com. Yep. Okay, I'm just looking to see Yeah, sure. We're now on iTunes. Okay. Yeah, what do you think of the website? A lot of people seem to like it. Well, see, it's uh, <clears throat> looking at it, scrolling down. It's there's no graphics on it. Now, I understand that you are blind, is that right? Yeah. Did you tell me that? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I have a computer that uses JAWS. I don't know if you've heard of JAWS. Mm-mm. Yeah, it stands for uh, Job Access with Speech. In fact, I like your product so much, I'd have no problem working for you guys at some point if you're ever hiring. Well, we're not hiring, but but do me a favor. Send me your email, okay, okay. with your address. Or actually, I can. I'll be happy to send you some notes that you were kind of taking. Hold on a second. Let me take him do something. I'm going to send an email here. Let's do this. File new. Okay. From the Please send four bottles. You like the Forever Mint? Is that the one you like the most? Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks very much. That's very kind of you. I have to follow. Okay, second. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, give me your spelling, your name, and your address. Okay, it's uh, Kevin. And actually, I go by a different, my last name is Wasmer, W-A-S-S-M-E-R. I go by Kevin Williams on the podcast, but it's Kevin Wasmer. So your your mailing is Kevin, W-A-S-S-M-E-R. Okay, and address, Kevin? 2217 uh, Kensington Park Drive. It's K-E-N-S-I-N-G-T-O-N Park Drive. Okay. Uh, West Jordan, Utah. Uh, eight four zero eight eight. Eight four eight four eight four. Okay, I'll have her uh, send. Do you give me? I need. Do you have a telephone number? Just so I can, in case I need that. Yeah, it's what's your uh, telephone? Eight zero one. Yeah. Eight seven nine. Yeah. Two nine nine one. Okay, I got it. I'll send her right now. Just give me a. Uh, these are complimentary. Uh, okay, she'll get it, and she'll send it off to you in a couple of days. Well, thanks. Uh, that's very nice of you. No, I'm happy to do that. Well, good luck with what you're trying to do. Well, yeah, thanks. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'll, uh, hopefully, maybe I'll have you back on again at some point. Who knows? Yeah, it was fun talking to you. Fun to have that conversation. Yeah, well, thanks. Okay, thank you, Kevin. Bye-bye now. Yep, bye.